Pastor Ray Bentley talks about Old Testament law. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it's written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. So I want to suggest this. If a curse is so real that Christ had to take our curse on the cross to remove the curse of sin and death, then we should not entertain the thought that there is no reality in a curse. That's why Jesus died on the cross, and he did. Spread the news. Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. The spiritual realm affects the physical realm in very tangible ways every day. In fact, every hour of every day. And in today's study, Pastor Ray shows us how our words play a part in the spiritual warfare between the powers of light and the powers of darkness. Today, we'll learn to pay close attention to what we say. If you have your Bibles, let's open them to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 21. So the description is basically of Jesus. He, uh, you know, he has just had Palm Sunday, Lamb Selection Day. Everybody's getting ready for Passover, and he's hungry one day. And while he's walking, he sees a fig tree. So he goes to the fig tree to get something to eat. But the tree doesn't have any figs on it. And then Jesus cursed the fig tree. And literally, it withered and supernaturally and it's really bizarre, because I remember I was, you know, I was a young believer, and I'm reading, oh, you know, Jesus heals this person, that person, the lame can walk, the blind can see, the deaf can hear, demons are flying out of people. It's like, wow, he's a really loving, gentle, caring guy, and then he comes to this tree, doesn't have figs on, and he curses it. It's like, what's that all about? So I want to share with you, because it is an anomaly, and I mean, I'm thinking, well, if he has that kind of power, how come he didn't just bless the tree and make it produce fruit overnight or something? But he doesn't do that. So obviously there's more going on than just a tree and fruit. There's something symbolic going on. The fig tree is symbolic of the nation of Israel. So to have a fig tree with leaves on it, but no fruit. What he's saying is that, look, many of the people were religious. They had a form of religion, a show, if you will, of a godliness, but no fruit. What God is interested in, he says this all the way through the Old Testament, the prophets, Hebrew prophets, he goes, look, I'm not impressed by being religious. I want your heart, I want relationship. If you have relationship, it will bear fruit. And the fruit of being in a relationship with God is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness and long-suffering and forbearance and all the fruit of the Spirit. But if you have all the outward religious show like leaves, but no fruit, then something is wrong. But he did not give up on the fig tree in Matthew chapter 24. Jesus said, learn a parable of the fig tree. When its branches are tender and when it begins to bud forth, you know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things, you know that I'm about ready to come back. In other words, the second coming of the Messiah, and this time Israel will be ready. So the fig tree, symbolic of 2,000 years ago, but then symbolically becomes a picture of the restoration of Israel in the last days, which I think we are seeing even right now. But then also learning the power. There's something about being able, Jesus was saying to his disciples, do you realize what I just did is something you can do? So Jesus said, assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, 
you will not only do what was done to the fig tree. So now, look, beyond application, Jesus said, hey, you guys can do this too. It's like, what? Curses and blessings, supernaturally charged words and commands. You can do this too, but also, if you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, it will be done. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. So this has several layers to it. But on one layer, I believe that Jesus is saying, as you know, followers of God, and you're disciples and you're trying to live a life that is good, he goes, look, there are going to be obstacles. There will be mountains that are before us that will look impassable, or they may seem impossible. But Jesus is saying, if you have faith and you listen and you learn, you will be able to speak to impassable, impossible situations, and they will, on this life, in this earth, be removed sideways so that you can walk forward. So what I want to summarize and talk about just for a few moments is that as a child of God, that is the Spirit of God within you, be careful with your mouth and your words because your words as a child of God have power. They are able to bring supernatural blessing or they can bring curse. So I want to just talk about this. God is the author of both blessings and curses for generations. When you come under the blessing of God, it will be evident in your relationships. It will be evident in your life. It will bear fruit. It will be something spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically, prospering, inwardly, outwardly, in every area of your life. And not only if you are walking with God will you be blessed, but your generations will be blessed to the next generation and to the next generation. On the other hand, the cursing can follow the same. If you live in rebellion against God, that curse can follow into your children and then into the next generation. Look at me in Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah, chapter 17, verses 5 and 6. He describes very specifically, and this could be a modern application of, here's how you know a man who is cursed. Let's read it out loud. Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. For he shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness in a salt land which is not inhabited. What Jeremiah was saying is there were a lot of people like, yeah, you know, I used to worship the Lord, and then I worshiped the Canaanite gods, and you know what, I'm done with all the religious stuff. I'm just gonna follow me. Oh, you put your trust in men, you are under a curse. Why? Because if you're just following you, you're not God. You did not create you. You've got to obligate to somewhere. You've got to connect to someone. Cursed is the man who trusts in himself, in man, and makes flesh his strength. Because if you just worship yourself, you'll live for your own appetites, for your own flesh, your own selfishness, and eventually that will break down. And what he, what he basically said is somebody that just, you know, they just trust in themselves, eventually, it may take time, but eventually everywhere they go will start drying up. It may not appear right away, but it, with a little bit of time, all of a sudden they look and they go, wow, what's wrong with that guy? Everywhere he goes, it turns sour. There's something, you know, and they start realizing, recognizing that you're under a curse. People don't want to be with you or around you. I want to tell you the story of the man named Jacob, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The story of Jacob is that Jacob was a twin. 
he was not the firstborn born. The firstborn was Esau. So Esau comes out first. Firstborn should get the blessing. Jacob, secondborn, he doesn't get the firstborn blessing. But when Esau is born, and then holding on to little baby Esau's heel is baby number two. Literally, his tiny little baby hand holding his heel. You know what Jacob means, basically, in Hebrew? Heel catcher. That's what they named him, is what he did. And that's what he was always trying to do. It's like, I want to be number one. I want the firstborn blessing. So eventually works out with his mom because his mom kind of favored him. And he deceives his dad because he knows, listen, Jacob knew the power of a father's blessing. And he wanted, because it's supernaturally charged words. It means my life's going to be blessed. I'm going to prosper. I'm going to have above and beyond everybody else. Whatever his motivation is, Jacob wanted that. So he lied to his dad, and he pretended to be his brother, and later Esau says, hey, dad, I'm ready for you to give me the blessing. And the firstborn, he goes, what? I already gave my firstborn. He goes, what? It wasn't me. Ah, Jacob. Oh, that little heel catcher. He pulled me, you know, behind again. He was, all, he was really, really mad. And he says, dad, take back your words you said to him. Give me the blessing. And the Bible says that Isaac said, son, I'm sorry, I can't do that. What I gave was the spiritual blessing. My words will come to pass. In other words, they were spiritually charged. Jacob will be blessed the rest of his life. I can't change it. I'm telling you, words are powerful. It's a very serious thing that we are talking about. Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. Since Pastor Ray went to heaven, so many listeners have shared comments on what his teaching means to them. You were our Billy Graham. Our spiritual walk has been so sweet since we became Christians. To know you was to learn to live the Great Commission and fulfill God's great commandments. Thank you for being such a beautiful inspiration and leading my husband to be such a godly man, which allowed me to become a faithful servant of our Lord. Well done. Messages like that continue to be such a great encouragement to all of us at Maranatha Radio and the whole Bentley family. If you'd like to send a message, just email us, ray at raybentley.com or post a comment online at raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. Second to the blessing of God, the most desirable thing in life is the blessing of a father. So I want to say this to all fathers and grandfathers here today. You have no idea the power you have as a father to bring a word of blessing. In fact, your job is to be like a, an earthly father mirroring your heavenly father who speaks words of love, life, destiny, blessing, encouragement, hope into your children's lives. It's very, very beautiful and very powerful. Mothers, you have no idea how powerful your words are for your children to speak words of life, words of love, words of blessing, or on the other hand, cursings. Some of you did not have that, and you had fathers who cursed you, and you'll never amount to nothing. You're worthless. You're a loser. I want to remind you, because we need to forgive and honor our parents, hurt people hurt people. 
Your parents were messed up because their parents were messed up, and it can go back generationally. So if you're a child of God, you've got to be the one that says, the line is drawn here. From now on, I will only speak words of love and blessing. If you're a mother, you speak words of life and of blessing. Even when they are rebellious and they're doing, you know, don't always just talk to where they're at today, but talk about who you see them becoming in their future. Speak the future into their lives now. That's what God does with us. Very, very powerful. I want to say to teachers, very powerful your words to a child to bless or to curse. I also want to say, boss, on whatever level you have people that you tell what to do, you have the ability to bless or to curse. Use it for good. I want to leave you with this last one. There are many people who, maybe from hearing from others or how they were raised, they always talk themselves down. What do I have to live for? What is my future? No one loves me. Nothing I ever do works out. Hey, nobody's saying that to you. Or you are just saying it to yourself, self-imposed curses. As God's children, don't say that. Don't let those words out of your mouth. Take every thought captive to the obedience of Jesus Christ. Read with me Proverbs 18, 21. Let's read it out loud. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. So you are speaking and impacting your destiny, your future, your children, and it will have an impact not just in your life, but for generations to come. James chapter 3, verses 14 and 15 says this. Let's read it out loud. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. Soulish power. People that just talk, I don't know, they go to church, but then they, the rest of the week they just talk out of their soul. There are a lot of things about the human soul we don't really understand, even with modern psychology and all the rest. It has a lot of power for either good or evil. We are to bring our soul, our mind, thoughts, emotions under the surrender of the Word of God and the truth of God. That's why you need to read the Word of God so that your soul's not running the show, but you're coming from your spirit through your soul and through your mouth. So here's another source of curses, unbiblical covenants. Exodus chapter 23, verse 32. God said, you shall make no covenant with them. He's talking about the people in the land of Canaan, nor with their gods. A covenant is a very, very solemn agreement. It is not only taken seriously among human beings. Your mouth, your words, your commitments, and your covenants are heard by the angels and by the demons, and trust me, they listen to what we say. And sometimes we get involved with things or with people that are evil, and you can become entangled, susceptible to it. So I'm going to just say a brief word, and I'm going to let the Holy Spirit show you what it may be, and I think you probably know many of them, so I don't need to say them, but let the Holy Spirit do it. Beware secret societies of all stripes, all kinds, and all flavors. Secret societies that get you into a little club, into a little fraternity, into a little deal, and you make additional covenants and commitments, and sometimes it's mingled with other beliefs and other religions and other gods, and trying to mingle it all together. Be 
Careful, do not become entangled in secret societies. When you made a vow of a covenant that's on the blood of Jesus Christ, make no other covenant added on to it. But get rid of it and get out of it and don't be entangled by it. There are many that have through secret societies and they go, I don't know why, I've, you know, my family's got all this stuff that flows through, I don't know where it comes from. It could be from that. If you diagnose the source and you're able to break it, tremendous power and healing can come. Now look, if you have a Bible, go with me to Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse one. Here's the blessings and the cursings. Verse one, now it shall come to pass. If you diligently obey the voice of the Lord. That's the number one secret to releasing the supernatural power of God in your life is not only to hear the voice of the Lord, but to obey it. To observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will, if you do it, he will set you high above all the nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Here's what God said. You honor me, you make a commitment to me, we're in an exclusive relationship with you and me, blessings will pursue you, blessings will chase you, blessings will overtake you, and then they'll start piling on. There'll be more blessings than you can handle or know even what to do with. That's what will happen if you hear the voice of the Lord and obey. But then go to verse 15. But it shall come to pass, if you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments and his statutes, which I command you today, that all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. If you disobey the voice of the Lord, curses chase you. They will outrun you. They will catch you. They will overpower you, and they will start piling upon you. So let me give you a summary of the blessings. We don't have time to read all through Deuteronomy 28. You can read it on your own, but let me just give you the highlights of here's what will happen if you do what's right and hear the voice of the Lord and obey. Number one, God will exalt you. You'll just start going up, 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 exaltation. Number two, health, mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually. Reproductiveness in every single area of your life. Everything will start multiplying, blessing, prospering, and reproducing. Prosperity, God says, I'm gonna take care of my kids. I will bless them. I will provide for their needs according to the riches of his glory in heaven. You will go from victory to victory to victory to victory until finally you get so blessed, not unlike Jacob, where people that don't even know God or follow God look at you and go, man, that guy's got, he's blessed. I think he's with God. They see the favor of God upon you. Now, let me summarize the curses. If you go the other path, it's your choice. Number one, humiliation. You will be humiliated, you will be embarrassed, and it will be public. Number two, you will fail to produce, and you will have struggle to reproduce in every area of your life. Sickness will begin making its way in you and upon you. Your family will be broken. Your marriage will struggle. Your relationship with your children will be at a point of strife. Oppression will start mounting upon you. Depression will begin weighing upon you, and your life will become one failure after the other. And finally, people will stand back and look at you and go, wow, man, it's like even God is against him. The disfavor of God, blessings. So now we're at the end. How many of you want to move from curse to blessing? You ready? Okay, let's move. How do we pass from curse to blessing? Now, after all that, 
I, I could do a whole other study on it, but all I need is one passage from the New Testament. Let's read it. Galatians 3, verse 13 and 14. Let's read it out loud. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. I want you to notice that three times in this passage, the word curse is used. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it's written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. So I want to suggest this. If a curse is so real that Christ had to take our curse on the cross to remove the curse of sin and death, then we should not entertain the thought that there is no reality in a curse. That's why Jesus died on the cross, was to take the curse and break it, and he did, and he proved it because he rose from the dead. Amen? We need to give ourselves spirit, soul, and body. I want to add also another, one last way that allows curse into our lives. Any immorality, any sexual immorality is also an inlet. We must honor the Lord. Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We must honor Him in that way. So what do we do to break the curses? Recognize. If there's anything that we need to close the door on, we do that. Number two, we repent. We say, God, have mercy upon me and forgive me. We have to ask forgiveness and give forgiveness. Thirdly, we renounce the lies. We resist the devil. That's exactly what the Bible says. But I'm going to invite you to join me and to pray with me, and we're going to just do a collective. Now, this might be the beginning for some of you that might have more layers and details in it. But we're going to start with, you know, number one, if you don't have Jesus Christ in your heart as your personal Lord and Savior, I don't know how else to say it except you're fair game for the devil. He can do whatever he wants. So the, the first thing you have to actually do is become a child of God. That's why Jesus died, to break the curse. So I'm going to lead us in a prayer of salvation. Even if you know the Lord, I want you to pray with me. It doesn't mean you're getting saved again, but maybe somebody for the first time, somebody recommitting their life. But for all of us to make sure we know clearly and that we're expressing to the Lord that He is our Savior. So if you're willing, I want you to, I'm going to lead us in a prayer. Let's start with that. Dear Lord Jesus, I admit that I am a sinner, and I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I am so sorry for everything I have done wrong. Thank you for bearing the curse on the cross and breaking it for all of eternity. I believe in your resurrection. Therefore, I open the door of my heart. I ask you to come into my life to be my personal Lord and Savior. Please fill me with your Holy Spirit. I receive the gift of eternal life. Now help me follow you, Jesus, all the way to heaven until I see you face to face. In Jesus' name. Pastor Ray Bentley with an important prayer with those making a decision for Christ today. And if you'd like to know more about what it means to walk with the Lord, let us invite you to go to raybentley.com and click the word about. Pastor Ray will explain everything you need to know. Again, go online to raybentley.com.
Now, today's study is titled, Jesus Breaks the Curse. If you missed any part, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. We hope you'll stop by our site today. When you're there, you can leave a few words in tribute to Pastor Ray's life and ministry. And under media, you'll notice three words, watch, radio, and Devo. Three ways to enjoy Pastor Ray's insights. Plus, click about and find out more about Pastor Ray and find out how you can come into a deeper relationship with the Lord. And at the bottom of the page, you can sign up to receive Pastor Ray's daily devotions via email free of charge. Plus, you'll find other spiritual growth books and resources from Pastor Ray, including his new book called The Final Witness, an eye-opening prophetic fiction novel. So many are enjoying the full five-book series called The Elijah Chronicles. You can, too. And raybentley.com is always where you'll find the best deals on Pastor Ray's resources. You can also make a donation right there on the site. Your investments help bring the whole gospel to the whole world. Our mailing address is Maranatha Radio, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127. Next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in the book of Matthew. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.